0: You, you've got to fight it, you've got to fight it. Like, if you're in that kind of situation, you can't just lay down and just give up. You've got to fight, you can't say, well, I haven't got no means about me now, so I can't invest. You've got to go and create the means so that you can invest, even if it's little 20, 30, 40 pounds, do you know what I mean? As long as you're just averaging your way in, over time, those assets are going to increase in value. This episode of You Get is sponsored by The Good Man Factory,
1: proud community of beard owners looking after their beards and taking care of them. Also sponsored by Dapper Chocolates for the finest cocoa, makes a great treat and gift for your loved ones or for friends. Log on to www.dapperchocolates.co.uk or www.goodmanfactory.com to p- purchase any of their products. And if you you get fifteen promo code in any of the websites, you'll be able to get yourself a discount. Check them out.
2: Uh, back again, back again. Uh, you get podcasts episode 39 uh signing in O'Melly. we got ed, ed here yeah ed's here and we've got a special guest today special special guest <laughs> financial yeah. follow- sterlings introduce
0: yeah. yourself oh, yeah follow sterling's financial solutions um a financial consultant um so you know i just you know talk about finance and i put like a you know, I, I did financial economics at uni, so I put like a finance, I put like an economic, macroeconomics, mostly spin on things. Um, so, you know, just look at the broader picture, you know, you know, you know, finance and economics is obviously, they obviously correlate. So yeah, that's what I aim to do.
2: Awesome, awesome, awesome. And just to give people some background, how long ago, yeah. uh, so me, me, Foles and Ed met each other, what, in university? What, so we've yeah, known yeah, each other yeah. for, 2010, 10 years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, because I, I went uni '09 9 and you don't come '010, 10
2: didn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 So, no, it's been, so it's been good to see your journey come up. So just to like kind of give people a bit about yourself, um, you studied economics, but in general, in 2020, it's kind of when you really start picking up this financial consulting. So how has it been starting up in the pandemic?
0: Um, You know what? It's been all right, man. I feel like... It was good because when the pandemic hit and you know everyone got sent home you know furloughs hit um you know a lot of people was you know money became an issue so i feel like me them pumping out the content about money and about the economy and the finance i started to get more hits i think because of the period that we was in Mm. because obviously like the demand for what i'm talking about kind of grew because everyone wants to know what's going on like you know what I mean? Like, there's obviously, yeah, we had a we had a we had a health crisis, but we also had an economic crisis. So, um, yeah, I feel like it kind of benefited me in a in a way.
2: Yeah, I hear that. You know, we've I think we've all had kind of rude awakenings. I know Ed can speak to that. I know everyone, uh, listeners can speak to that. Whether you've you've seen an income or you've seen some outgoings, if an increase or decrease, it's kind of been a mad one. I feel like this Ooh. year, more than anything, um, for most generations, it's kind of given them a more tapped in to their financials and what they yeah, yeah. actually does for them. So that's exactly why we invited you on today because recently, you know, there's been a lot of stuff in the news, you know, people buying properties, people looking to buy properties, people looking to save, people looking to kind of make their money, make them money. And I guess mm-hmm. having you on today is kind of give people some insight into, you know, what does money really mean going into 2021, you know, is it still mm. the paper currency? You know, we're seeing the upstart of digital banks, you know, cryptocurrency, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's kind of just to get your expertise and kind of just educate us exactly mm. where you think the world's going. So that's great to have you on, to be honest. But um Yeah, thanks for having me, man. No, it's a pleasure, man. Now I'm not even supposed to be recording
1: today, but I had to jump on like I had to we had a specialist, you get me. Yeah, me.
2: It's been long overdue as well, man. Long overdue. And, and trust me, like, um, this won't be the last time you get on, you know. We'll get you on the payroll. Don't worry about that. So. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no doubt, <now>, man. <laughs> All right. So, I guess, just to kick off, you know, uh, I guess we segue into going into the pandemic for you, Foles. Um, financially.
1: Actually, wait, Melu, before you go into that, I want to yeah. ask for the
2: question. Yeah,
1: go, go ahead. Yeah. So, Foles, um, tell us why you actually picked to study, um what was it? I see the full title. Um Financial Economics. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, so obviously in college I did
0: I did business, IT, maths and sociology. I dropped maths because it was just what I was expecting was just <laughs> like I was good <laughs> at maths, but you know, like A-level maths was just
1: A level like, maths. <laughs>
0: Do you know what I mean? So so I dropped it and then I was researching about like a a course that I could study that has, you know, sort of everything, do you know what I mean? So economics has got like, you know, it's got maths in it, but it's not obviously like very, very complex, complex maths, it is a bit complex, but not to the degree where a maths A level, not to the degree of a maths A level complexity. So economics has got like politics, it's got business, it's got sociology in it, it's got psychology, do you know what I mean? So it's just got a bit of, of everything. And obviously I wanted to more focus on the financial side um, because I've just always been interested in you know, financial markets and stuff, even from when I was young and I didn't fully understand it. So I just thought, yeah, the, the two together um, what's best for me.
1: No, that's a, that's a good answer. That's a good yeah. answer. And I think yeah. the reason I asked that is because with what you're doing, I've realised that most people, yeah, they don't mm. do the qualifications for the future. And mm-hmm. even though you may not be directly... You've, you've gained knowledge that you've allowed to... And you've done your own research on top of it to do what you're doing now. For so sure, for all sure. People that are listening, it showed, like, you went out of your way to say, okay, this is what I like. This is what I like. What's the mm. form? Not just following the trend, um, traditional way, because even before uni, I never knew there was such a course like financial economics. So yeah. You know, but you went out of your way to find something that you thought, like, yeah, this is actually something that I'm interested in and I think can help my future. You get what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah, so yeah. many thank you for me off. You want to go on your question?
2: No, no, no. You even make a great point because, folks I see you be doing Twitter fingers, you know, when it comes to financials. So, yeah, how ha- ha- has it been? Because you've gone through the education system, uh, the Western world, um, in terms of this is how economic works. And since you've grown into Financial Sterling Solutions, I know we've had a conversation, I've seen some of your tweets and comments that a lot of the Western way of the education of how economics works Mm. have technically not been accurate, you know, technically not really been true to what economics truly means to the masses. So can you kind of speak about kind of unlearning some of the stuff you were traditionally taught in our education system?
0: Yeah, that's a key word you said there. You've got to unlearn some things before you can, you know, learn again. So speaking to what I learned in uni, I mean like you said, it doesn't really benefit the masses. What I learned benefits a small section of society. Um, and obviously we can all guess what section of society that is. That's, you know, the people at the top. And, and in, in, in some cases, obviously like that's why, you know, that you, you see this being taught in schools and stuff and in unis and colleges, because, you know, it's to sort of, I don't want to sound like a, like a conspiracy theorist, but if you want to keep a game going, And you know you're cheating a little bit you can't let the other players know that you're cheating right you got to you got to keep them on course of the game um so you know that was a key thing for me i had to like unlearn certain things and then relearn some new things but i feel like because i knew because i learned those things um it was good for me rather than if i had just gone straight down the rabbit hole i might have just been like oh whoa like this is all sounding crazy but because i've you know learned the traditional way then I've gone down the rabbit hole, you know, unlearned some things, picked up some new things, put together with my intuition and, you know, how I feel my own personal life experiences. I'm sort of like, yeah, you know this is making a lot of sense. Then as I dig deeper and deeper, it's like, you find like, whoa, what's going on here? Like I was told this X, Y, and Z, but in reality, this is not what happens. Do you know what I mean? Or it doesn't happen because of this. Do you know what I mean? So that that was really key for me, I think, man. No, 100%, 100% get yeah. So Yeah.
2: Um, Sterling, yeah,
1: yeah. a bit further, yeah, so on your page, you've got your Instagram, you're on Twitter, you're, you're everywhere, bro. You're even um, promote, um, pushing videos, teaching people. Yeah. What are you trying to teach people? What are you telling people to unlearn? So, obviously, people are obviously going to come to your page because, like you said, especially with the pandemic, they won't know what's, what to do with their finances, what mm. what's the next step, how do I protect myself? myself? Yeah. So... What are you telling people to them? What are you telling people is important? Like, what are you trying to share out there?
0: Right now, it's important to just have your own sovereignty. So, like, just be in control of your wealth. Be in control of your of your decisions because we have to, like... People don't understand where we are. And, like, markets and, you know, um, and life, it works in cycles, isn't it? So, right now, we're at the end of a, a what's known as a long-term debt cycle. So, in this stage of the cycle the investments that are important are the investments that, you know, are kind of not safe, but are a bit more safer than, you know, um, stocks and stuff. Because in these times, this is when, you know, things aren't as normal when it, spending. Remember where, our economy is driven by spending. Do you know what I mean? So, but when spending takes a hit, that, that, that brings the economy down with it. So when spending takes a hit, you need to be, the way you need to invest is to sort of invest in preserving your wealth more than instead of trying to like, obviously you do want to grow it. Don't get me wrong. But the best investments in times like this is investments that are going to preserve your wealth because when other asset classes take a hit, remember money's not ever destroyed. You know, wealth is never destroyed. It's just transferred. So it's just moved from one place to another. Mm -hmm. So when you see um, the stock market, let's say certain companies take a hit because, you know, spending goes down. um, The money flows from one place and flows into another. So in times like this, money flows from, you know, risk your assets into more safer and traditional ones. Mm. Um, as I, and and if you follow my page, I'm a very big advocate for precious metals in this kind of climate because yeah, my, my personal opinion is they're going to do very, very well, because there's not much places for people to run and park their money, but it's going to be safe and liquid And, and liquid just means, you know, being able to, you know, liquidate and sell and get your money at any time. And gold, silver, those are some of the most liquid markets in the world. Like you can go anywhere in the world. Um, and you can sell some gold and silver, or you can swap some gold and silver for something else of value. Yeah. So, you know, that's worth its weight alone in gold. Like just being able to, you know, be in control of your own decisions and like not rely on anyone, if, if that makes sense to you guys. No,
2: 100%. <laughs> financial yeah. freedom. Um, yeah, exactly. So, I think this is a great segue to a point we wanted to discuss. And it was about the downfall of fiat currency um, via right. inflation. And I kinda of wanted you to take our listeners and ourselves kind of through the journey in terms of what is fiat currency. Um, recently there was a Financial Times article with regards to the Bank of England potentially most likely. Melly, you got the... pick up a bit, bro. Hello? Can you hear me now? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, sorry. So there was a potential of um the Bank of England actually entertaining the thought of negative interest rates. So I kinda of wanted you just to talk around, you know, fiat currency, the history of it, but why there's a downfall in it and what this inflation... I Melly, mean, I think do. you're cutting out. I can't really hear you. Yeah.
0: Um,
2: yeah.
1: Um, sorry, just going off Melly's question. Yeah. That's a that's, um, that's like three questions in one. But if you could start with first, explain to us, what is negative interest? And then go into the rest of the question. I think that would be easier for the listeners. Okay, so negative interest rates is just... Um,
0: when you put money in the bank, normally you're paid. Um, I think right now, the interest rates are like super low, like 0.1%. So you're just paid like pennies or something on your money, um, pounds if you, it's a lot of money. Do you know what I mean? So negative interest rates is just the opposite. So instead
2: of being paid um, for keeping money in the bank. So, Foles, are you basically saying, like, for example, if you had 100 pounds um, in the bank for a year with uh, negative interest rates? rates um of say one percent at the end of said year um you would go into that bank account and you would actually only have 99 pounds basically is what you're saying 99 pounds that's correct yeah
0: yes yeah, so obviously as i've mentioned we're like a, we're a spending driven economy so savings we're at the time where they can't they need people to go out there and spend right now at a time when people, you know, want to hold on to cash because, you know, because of uncertainty and stuff like that, um, they've cut the interest rates to sort of stimulate the economy, you know, get people, you know, lending lending it comes, becomes it a bit easier as well when interest rates are low. So, you know, people, are more, businesses and individuals can borrow at cheaper rates, but they don't want you to just have that money parked in your bank account. They want you to go out there in the economy and spend it. So they incentivize you to do that by charging you for, for keeping your money in the bank, so you know, just human, you know, human psychology. If you if you know that you, you know, in a year's time, your money going to be worth less, rather than just lose your money to you know negative interest rates, you'd rather go out there maybe and spend your money. That's the thought process behind that.
1: So, what, what what does that make people, let's say, take the money out of the banks completely and hold on to it in the house?
0: Um, that that is that is a risk as well. That is a risk as well. Um. But like I said, in, uh, like I've said before, inflation that coupled with inflation, the fact that prices go up every year anyway, pushes that psychology of, look, you know what, I might as well just spend this because, you know, I'm going to lose this one way or another. And most people don't actually realise that you want to put your money into financial assets because then that's how you avoid that trap of the negative interest rates plus the inflation. The inflation actually works in your favour once it's in the financial assets.
2: Yeah, so Foz, you make a great point about basically losing out on your finances if you were to put in a traditional bank account um, due to the negative interest rates or the potential negative interest rates. Um, but what does it mean for people that borrow? So for example, if someone has a mortgage, um, is this now right the right time in terms of to, to take money from banks, um, whether it's investing in a business loan or you know investing in a property development? Uh, what's, what's your view on that?
0: In, in, these, in these climates, it is cheaper to borrow than, than ever before. Do you know what I mean? Some of the loans available right now are the cheapest you're going to get for some time. Because, um, you know, banks have excess reserves at the moment because, you know, they've been given – a lot of money has been created and banks have been given this money. And, you know, central banks want the banks to lend this money out into the economy. But, you know, banks are sort of a little bit cautious. You know, we're, we're, we have seen an increase in lending. You know, a lot of people are buying houses – but I feel like they're they're happy to lend to people to buy houses um, because the housing market's on the rocks as well at the moment. Because obviously, you know, I'm, I'm not sure how to put this, but, you know, the houses have been overvalued for quite some time now. You know, do, do you know what I mean? Um, and so in, in that respect, mortgages, like we've seen an increase in house price, in, in house sales. I think we've actually seen a little bit of an increase in house prices as well.
1: I was speaking to a friend of mine, and it's like house prices have gone up, it seems. And it's kind of weird when a time where people have less to spend. I've got my own theories behind why that's happening. I think it's a number of things. I feel like people know that there's not that many people that are selling, so they're increasing their house prices because now it's like a commodity. Mm -hmm. Um, I feel like some people are also taking into account that the government said for the time being there's no... um, What's the um stamp duty, maybe mm-hmm, favorable mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: that?
1: Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of crazy that during such a pandemic prices are actually going up. Yeah. But that, that's that's the effect of when they
0: try to incentivize people to do something. Do you know what I mean? So the negative interest rates, the reduction in stamp duty. Um these are all correlated. You know, these are not things that are happening by coincidence, you know. These are to sort of keep the house, because the housing market's another thing that needs to be kept. Uh, going in this sort of spending-driven economy, you need people to feel richer than they are. So you need house prices to keep on rising, so everyone feels like, oh yeah, um, my house is my house is going to keep on increasing in value. But in reality, that's not how things work. You know, nothing just goes up in a straight line.
1: You know, it's funny when you keep speaking. What I keep hearing is psychology. And even mm-hmm. what you say about the psychology of it when you're talking about you when it comes to economics, politics, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So basically what I'm hearing from you is that a lot of things to do with money is just psychology based.
0: Yeah, exactly, man. Like economics teaches you that, like it's 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 that's why I said it was a beautiful subject, because it had a bit of everything. It's it tells you the the whys and the hows, and do you know what I mean? Um why governments implement certain policies, what they're aiming to get by implementing certain policies. So you know this stuff isn't new to me like I've, I've read up about all this stuff you know in my traditional textbooks and my you know down the rabbit hole um research and stuff so yeah it's just really interesting times at the moment
1: so um follow sorry um you myself and Rizzy have had our own personal relationship out there the group our own group where well, we've spoken about stuff such as cryptocurrency precious metals. Mm-hmm. we've spoken about so many things i've even done the podcast that I always say you, that virtual portfolio, you shouldn't have your mm-hmm. one basket. Exactly. Something you've been told with, um, today was that it's better to have stuff in like, stuff like precious metals to in such a time. So how would you speak to the listeners about the balance? When, how much do you put into stuff like precious metals or crypto or stocks and bonds? Or how much do you keep in cash? Do you need cash at a time like yeah. this? Yeah. How people, How should people um, think in these types of scenarios? Basically.
0: Yeah, I mean, it all, it's all relevant. It's it's all relevant to your to your situation. If you know what I mean, like I would tell different people different things, or I'd you know give them insight into different things. Because you know, a high net worth individual, someone who's got millions and millions of pounds in a bank account, is obviously going to take a different strategy to someone who's earning a 60k salary. You know what I mean, has maybe about 10 grand in savings. So at times like this, um, the importance of holding things personally um, that you can, so money that you can own and money you can spend. So that's, you know, your cryptocurrencies, your precious metals. Because these are some of the last investments that you can hold privately without any counterparty risk. Um, you can liquidate at any time. And they have medium of exchange purposes where you can I can actually transact with someone else, um, you know, peer to peer, like I can swap my metals for like some let's say a farmer had some he wanted to sell his house with you know his acres of land behind it you know traditionally what we would we have to do like a bank transfer or you know we'd have to go through the process of i'd have to go through a process of getting a mortgage you Now if i've got some precious metals i've got some cryptocurrency i can transact directly with him if he's willing to accept it i mean there was an there was an article that came out um i think a couple of years back there's been a few people that have you know accepted bitcoin for their houses but um, the most notable one was a, a mansion in West London. that was going for like 17 million pounds and the seller would only accept Bitcoin. Now, my guess is he's obviously, you know, economically aware of, you know, what's been going on and, you know, what's to come. And he didn't want to have so much cash. He wanted to obviously have some of it in, in something like Bitcoin, which is, you know, a deflationary asset, which, you know, is going to do better than cash over the long run. Yeah, it's a very volatile asset. Don't get me wrong, but it's better than holding cash. in in the long term you know cash has been proven not to be able to preserve and store your wealth over a long period of time it's only good for you know medium of exchange purposes you know it feels safe because it's what we know as the norm if that makes sense to you
1: yeah
2: Melly yo thanks Ed so Foles I would say so you you touched on a great point in terms of you know you can either be a minute you gave the example of the mansion in West London that was 17 million etc but my question that I think um, a lot of our listeners will ad- identify with are the people that, you know, are in that, uh, say, your middle class earning X amount, uh, probably under six figures, just touching six figures. So how do they get into to this market in terms of diversifying their portfolio? Um, some people can't go into the extreme of, you know, investing heavily because they're very much running their life on fiat currency in terms of paying bills, et cetera, et cetera. So how would you advise that someone would delve into uh, diversifying their portfolio outside of your traditional ISAs and uh, fiat currency forms of saving? Yeah.
0: So what I would say is just take an accumulation strategy. So I think I should have said that last time. I should have said that on that last question, actually. So what you can do is every time you get paid, allocate a portion of your earnings to you know, putting some in some, in in some crypto, or some into some metals. Now, why I say that is most people, the first thing they want to do is when they get when they save is you know maybe put five hundred or thousand pound in their savings account. But that's not really diversifying. You're just saving in the same form of money that you've been paid. Saving different forms of money because cryptocurrency and precious metals, they they are a form of money. They've they've got themselves into the financial system. Precious metals have always been there. They were even there before fiat currencies. You know. Back in the barter days, people used to barter with silver, with gold, yeah. you know what I mean? So fiat currencies were actually created as a claim, initially as a claim on gold. Um, uh, back in the days, you, a dollar, a $35, sorry, could get you an ounce of gold. So you could go into the bank, have $35, walk into the bank and say you want an ounce of gold. That was what that was what the standard was um, before. Obviously, we, they moved away from that, you know, quite purposefully. Um, so you know the claim on gold on the dollar has been was was totally removed so now we just have this all fiat currency system so what you want to do is take that fiat every month allocate a portion of your earnings put some into you know saving some in precious metals um saving some in bitcoin or other cryptocurrencies because those are gonna those are gonna protect and enhance your purchasing power over the long period over the longer period of time i'm not saying don't have no savings at all in cash because at the end of the day you know, cash is still how for now we have to pay our bills. You know, we, do you know what I mean? I can't go into Tesco and give them my metals or my crypto at the moment. Although there are some like cryptocurrency, like debit cards, um, which people can research where you can deposit your crypto um, and spend it like you're spending on your, it's, it's a visa card. Um, you can spend it like you're spending a normal card. Um, but you still, you still need fiat currencies. You still need pounds. I'm just saying, don't save wholly in pounds. I like save some in some, you know, what I like to call hard assets. And hard assets that you can own privately because my precious metals, I can hold them in my hands. I'm in control of what goes on with them. My Bitcoin, I store it on my ledger USB. I can walk around with it. Um, anytime I need to get onto the network and send some money, i plug it into my computer, anywhere in the world. Do you know what I mean? I can jump on a plane. You know, that that's probably the, the one thing Bitcoin has over the metals. If I wanted to go to, let's say another country, and I had a load loads of metals, you know, it'd be a bit hard to you know, it'd be to, you know, just jump on a plane with you know a bag full of metals. i got my Bitcoin, I slap it on my USB, I jump on a plane, I could have ten billion pounds on me in my pocket and no no one even no one even know the foggiest, do you know what I mean? So yeah.
1: You know what's funny, yeah? Um even what Sterling was saying about um Bitcoin, even there's debit cards that you can use to purchase stuff as well. Even with um, precious metals like silver, they have actually, some have an actual value to them, which is very, very low. So that you can go to Tesco and one piece of silver, they have to accept it legally as a pound. That's the funny thing. That's it's true. Money.
0: Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah. But well, you wouldn't do that because yeah, I'm mean, yeah. like, take my Britannia coins. Yeah. Um, they've got a face value of about two pounds, but... They're actually, I can actually sell it for like maybe what What are they going on for like 28 to 30 yeah. pounds? Yeah. I, mean? I wouldn't go and settle a two-pound bill yeah. with one of my potential
1: friends. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, like you're right,
0: like legally it's legal tenant so they yeah. have to
1: accept it. And that's what I want to point out is that obviously, like says, I wouldn't do the same thing, but what people are even aware of, even that in itself, has a legal tenant to it as well. Um, but again, like I said, I'm not advising not to go and do that. That's a bit mm-hmm. sure. But um Also, um, let's say some lay person, someone that doesn't know everything. It's just good good good. to know that you can do that. Um? It's just good to know that you can do that. Exactly. It's just good to know. You never know. You could be in the worst case scenario where, bruv, that could be the last thing you have in your pocket and you need some food. You don't know. Do you know what I'm saying? Obviously, most. exactly. But that's
0: we're not wishing for that scenario, but you, you have to be prepared, man. You have
1: to be prepared. That's what I'm let's say let's say
0: the internet cut out or something, called all back cash points all went offline or something crazy. Banks were closed. And <laughs> it's not impossible. I mean, and these things aren't even impossible. I think this year has showed people that those things aren't impossible. Fully.
1: Fully, fully. Yeah. But um, follow. So let me say, as somebody, um, let's say somebody that's just listening to us podcast, following what we've been discussing today and said. Okay, I hear what you're saying. It's good to diverse. But what's the point of me putting to stuff like precious metals and crypto and other stuff when let's say I'm in a time of crisis where I've lost my job. I need to pay for bills. Now I've got stuff sitting there. I can't even spend it straight away. I have to try and sell it. So what's the point? Isn't it better just to have cash? Because that's our, like I said, that's our way of transactions. What would you say to them? What
0: would you yeah. say- No, I'd say, yeah, you definitely do still need cash. Like, no doubt about it. But what I would say, if you have just lost your job, I mean, it's an unfortunate situation, but, you know, you got to get on and, you know, try and get something else going. So you got to try and get another job or you got to get an online presence, you know, start trying to build some value online. You know, if it's information you want to sell or you've got products you want to sell, like, do you know what I mean? Or, you know, sell some old stuff. I mean, eBay, there's a secondhand market for everything. Of getting some extra cash, saving some, investing some. Because at the end of the day, you, you've got to fight it. You gotta fight. It. Like if you're in that kind of situation, you can't just lay down and just give up. You've got to fight. You can't say, well, I haven't got no means about me now, so I can't invest. You've got to go and create the means so that you can invest. Even if it's little 20, 30, 40 pounds, do you know what I mean? As long as you're just averaging your way in, over time, those assets are gonna increase in value and you're gonna you're gonna be glad that you did.
1: Um, before I really yeah. the next question, I've got one more question for you, Fuller. Um, people let's say are famous, mm-hmm. precious metals and stuff. Speaking of someone like yourself, what would you say the whole the long term plan is? Because people would be like, I'm holding it, I'm holding I'm it, holding it. Is, it. is the point of it mm-hmm. to one day trade it for fiat cash? Or is it to just, what is the purpose of holding it for such a long term? Because it is more a long term investment. What would you say to someone like that?
2: Yeah.
0: Well, this is what I'd say. Um, buying a let's say you bought a silver coin today, yeah, for thirty pounds or something. Yes. Um, and then it's gone up in a couple of years. It's gone up to you know sixty pounds or something. You can you can then sell that coin for that sixty pounds. What does that do for you? You've now you've now more money than what war fiat currency than it took to purchase that coin. So you've increased your purchasing power. If you had kept that 30 pounds in your pocket in cash, you would have actually lost your purchasing power because everything that you need to spend that 30 pounds on would have gone up in would have gone up in value. So that's just an easy way to put it. If you save in hard assets over time, your purchasing power is increased. When you save in cash over time, your purchasing power is decreased. So I'm not saying to take every like your every single penny and invest it in precious metals. But I'm saying that you need to be building up some sort of precious metals portfolio because it's proven that over time, it increases your purchasing power. Thank you.
2: But with that said, and the information you're giving our listeners now, where do you see finance going in in 2021, um, going into next year, um there's there's one thing to look into uh, for example there's brexit happening um the full repercussions of the pandemic around the world global economics um we're really going to see you know the real impact i believe anyway of what 2020 has cost everyone so can you give look, le- sorry your insight into so what do you envisage like um how exactly finance will look for for everyone uh, mainstream and people that inverse, uh, where do you see it going?
0: It's gonna become it's gonna become centralized for some and decentralized for, for others. Now I'll explain what I mean by that. So fiat currencies, they're they're all on the ropes at the moment. Um you know, countries have borrowed from each other to the point where everyone knows that no one's paying nobody back. So, <laughs> so it's like if I know you're not paying me back because you owe me so much money already, why am I gonna borrow you even more money? So in order to preserve, like, um, this whole fiat currency game, they need to move us all onto digital currencies, where they have complete control. Print- computer, they do that anyway. But this is going fully. I, I think we're moving into a cashless society, basically. Let me just put it straight up. We're moving into a cashless society. You're seeing it all around you. Cash is now frowned upon in in shops. You know, there's they've increased contact contactless um, contactless payments to 45. Yes. They're starting this process of phasing out cash because about 93% of the world's money supply is already digital anyway. I think I was reading somewhere. So this, it, all that's left is to just erade the little percentage of cash out. And so we're all probably going to get some sort of online wallet from the government. And that's where we're going to get our, pay, our, our, our paychecks. Um, but the thing with that is they're going to be in control of that. So, I mean, I don't want to sound a conspiracy theorist again, but banks have been known to even block certain people's transactions. If I wanted to transact with someone in... Iran, for example, you know, I'd have to go through so much questions from the bank about why you're much money. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Like, but I should have to be, I should have the ability to be able to transact to whoever I want. Now, if governments now have control of the money supply and they, like you're using a, a, a central bank digital currency, well, they can block that transaction straight away, and you've got no say in it. Um, tax taxes are going to have to go up to pay for everything that's gone on during this whole COVID situation. So if we're using their central bank digital currency chances are same way student loans automatically come out of our paychecks as soon as we're paid chances are the automatic taxations that are going to be applied to like literally every single penny we get especially if we are in a negative interest rate zone where your you know money you can own and spend and hold privately is going to become important in factors like this because let's say for instance i have i have some bitcoin i can transact with any individual um, my transaction can't be censored it can't be blocked and The fact is a central bank digital currency is only going to be worth, let's say we have a digital pound A digital pound is only going to be worth a digital pound. Whereas my Bitcoin increases in value over time. So you've got one that's centralized. You've got one that's decentralized, isn't controlled by anyone and increases your purchasing power over time. So I feel like the people that hold Bitcoin are going to be able to, you know, keep their choices. They're going to be, they're going to be sovereign. They're going to be free. They're not going to have to rely on the government for anything. Then the people that hold their wealth in you know the central bank digital currencies are going to you know be subjected to you know all sorts of laws and taxations i mean there's even talks of i saw a video of some i think it was an australian politician saying that so they were asking him how are you gonna you know the old vaccines they're talking about for COVID yeah. you nineteen? Know, how are you going to make sure right yeah, people you know we cut off you know people's benefit payments and stuff and say the health minister isn't ruling out stripping welfare payments from australians who refuse to be vaccinated against coronavirus live to olivia leeming in canberra good morning olivia
1: greg hunt this morning was asked if there could be penalties for anyone who refuses perhaps limiting welfare payments or travel or even their right to go to a restaurant or sporting event and he's not ruling anything out
0: i'm confident that uh, very very large numbers of
1: australians take it up but we've reserved the right subject to medical advice to take steps that might, uh, might
2: assist.
1: So say a single
0: mother who's got three kids to feed is, you know, relying on the state for her welfare payments. She doesn't want to take the vaccine. The government's effectively saying that unless you get your kids and yourself vaccinated, we're not going to give you this welfare payment anymore. So, you know, um, I, mean, I, I don't know, it sounds bad and, you know, crazy, but that, that, I watched that interview myself. You know I mean, I, I heard the words come out of the guy's mouth. If you want to live a free, if you want a life of freedom you need to you know decentralize yourself as much as you can from the state like don't be over-reliant i'm not saying that i'm not going to be using this you know digital pound whatever, because at the end of the day i'm probably going to need to pay my bills in it um shop in it but i'm saying i don't i wouldn't want my core wealth in that system because then i don't have control of my choices if, if that makes sense i can't transact with anyone i want um my money doesn't gain value they can probably let's not buy bitcoin they'll push that narrative out. bitcoin's illegal um, it's bad or in the 70s um, gold was made illegal to hold in the USA, people had to turn in their gold, I, I don't know if you're aware about that people had to turn in their gold I mean we're not living in times that, I don't feel like that could work today where the governments could say oh yeah turn in your gold, but they could block transactions to, to gold dealers or known bitcoin dealers Like that's the, when we, do you know what I mean look at what's happened with Wiley just the other like, a couple of weeks ago, he got kicked off all platforms um for some comments that he made. But that just shows that the tech the the, the techno- technology is advanced in a way
1: where it's easier to control us now, if if that makes sense. we conspiracy theories, I take it with a pinch of salt because it's always two sides of story. It's always a theory, but there's always there could always be some truth to it. And I feel like this is something that's been coming for a long time. Even if you see stuff like mm-hmm. public transport, it went from you can pay with cash to no cash at all. There's always been mm-hmm. one effort to take away the use of things like cash. And I feel like if you look at stuff like cryptocurrency and cash, it's always been a threat. For example, with cash, you they can't trace, they can't there's no there's no follow you can't follow what, where it's gone, who's used what. And that that's something the government never liked because it's like there's no it's nothing to follow. It's just exactly it's always been against it because again, They can't follow it, they can't control it. Yeah. So I feel like there is some truth to this and it's always like we free them to sell
2: the price and on that note i think that nicely wraps up kind of like the element of this episode uh falls you've been amazing today thanks for dropping in truly appreciate it and uh yeah we need to get you on more often man honestly man get you on the payroll but before we wrap up how about you plug yourself let people know how to contact you you know the services you you provide you know the work you've been doing with precious metals, it'll be great to for our listeners to know that you know they can get one on one um mentoring and coaching from you. So how about you just give them the information how they can get in touch with you?
0: Yeah, man. So I'm on Instagram mostly. Um Sterling's Financial Solutions on Instagram. I'm on Twitter, um Sterling's F I N A N C. So I don't know, Sterling, say Sterling's Finance because that's you know, that's the long that's Twitter didn't let me get a longer handle then <laughs> there. That's as far as I could go. Um, but yeah, I'm on Twitter. Um, my YouTube channel is Sterling's Financial Solutions as well. So yeah, I just do. I'm a financial consultant, so you know, I do like one hour, one-on-one Zoom call sessions with people. So you know, I sort of break down like we talk about personal finance. Then we go into like you know the stuff that we talked about today, like my insights on where I think the economy is going, how I think people can protect themselves and their families, how they can invest to actually come out of this 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 crisis actually thriving. Um, so, you know, I do one hour, one hour, one-on-one sessions. Um, i got a precious metals, um, private telegram group, um, where you can pay to join the group. And what we do is we just do bulk orders. So I yeah. mean, UK websites that sell precious metals, you know, they haven't got the best prices. Um, because obviously they're, they're just resellers basically. And at the end of the day, they're buying it from probably where I'm buying it from, to be honest, and selling it to you for an inflated price. Whereas I'm just... We just all put our money together. Like, there's about 60 of us in the group at the moment. You know, we, we do orders every week. Everyone puts their money together. So we benefit from that cheaper price because we're buying in bulk. Because you know, when you buy in bulk, you get a cheaper price. And I you know what I mean that's the that there's no catch to it. You know, I'm not making no money off it. We're, the only catch is we're all benefiting from a cheaper price, it's just group economics, you know. Do you know what I mean? And that's
1: and that's all mine, man. because like I said, I've done bulk buys as well. So I, I can definitely vouch for that. It's like it makes more sense because buying individually is expensive exactly it doesn't
0: make any sense you know just buy as a group and you know everyone just just when one, one person takes delivery and you know everyone you know you know you could, i can post it out to you you could come and meet me whatever do you know what i mean we're all benefiting there's no because our know, first thing people do like when people hear these sort of things the first thing they think is what's the catch what's the catch there's no catch it's just it's a cheaper price that's all putting putting our money together
1: yeah. that, can you explain to everyone why you even give up so much information for free like you do everyone a service, so why do you, why do you feel the need to like share the information you share? You no, know, people need help in it. Like everyone needs
0: help initially in their journey to becoming self reliant, is And I feel like for me, like I know exactly how it feels to not have any help or any guidance, and you know having to you know research and do everything yourself. So I just think you know, like once you've acquired you know certain knowledge, you know I'm not saying I'm you know the best at this, you know I mean there's probably a lot of people better. Um, A lot of people more equipped and more knowledgeable than myself but I feel like you just want to give back you know just help people especially when you know exactly how it feels to you know want to research something and, you know get into something but just have no process just you know financial jargon that you don't really understand so I just want to I'm just trying to aim to you know break things down to people simply you know let people know that you know at the end of the day it's not all rosy at the moment but it's not an impossible situation do you know what I mean like um what, what doesn't kill you makes you stronger at the end of the day so yeah, I, I do so I do videos, you know, talking about all this stuff. Um, obviously if you want to have a one-on-one with me, obviously I'm gonna have to charge for that because you know, that's my time. Um, but I well, put a lot of free content, you know, a lot of free tweets. You know, I tweet
1: time. You get me?
0: Yeah, man, for real. You know, I tweet a lot of stuff that I come across, my thoughts, you know, my take on certain things like when articles come out or there's breaking stories. you know what I mean? So there's
2: a lot of free content as well. Um you know if you want to do the one-on-one with myself you know i think this might actually be my favorite episode ever um we've had some amazing guests but bro we're coming in as you did like you said long 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 overdue and we'll definitely get you back on as the year unravels you know with brexit coming up with 2021 um yeah you know it's gonna be crazy so everyone expect to see falls on the pod soon um and yeah it's been just been a Oh, I can't lie, I'm just smiling. Hear me, I'm just smiling, I'm just smiling because folks, you've done so well, man. We just really appreciate you rocking through. Much love, bro.
1: Um, follow. I've got to put Melly saying again. Thank you, man, bro. Did, like we said, it's been overdue. Obviously, we couldn't have the full team here today, but like I said, you know it's due. Yeah, thanks for having me, boys, man. <laughs> nah, but
0: come on, i got to say thanks to you guys putting me in front of your listeners and stuff, you know, so it's all good, man. But yeah, hopefully I'll get on soon. Um and yeah with you know maybe we we'll wait maybe we can wait a little bit and see what how how the things develop in you know the economy and stuff. Have some fresh insight to
2: share. Yeah. Yeah man. Alright boys. And that's a wrap. Uh episode thirty nine. Uh you get podcast. You know, signing out O'Malley, oh, it's Ed, who falls. Yeah, we hope you really enjoyed this episode.